Come on, let's clap our hands unto the Lord all across this sanctuary. Come on, would you make it more than routine, more than protocol? Would you just let heaven know that you made it to service this morning? It'd be all right if you let hell know that you made it to service this morning. Come on, for 20 seconds, let's just clap our hands and send a signal to the spirit world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm so grateful for the presence of the Lord that is permeating this atmosphere this morning. And I cannot tell you the expectancy that I have in my spirit. I hope somebody came with some radical faith. I hope somebody came with their mind made up to receive something from the Lord. Every, uh, just about every weekend, I find myself uh, in a hotel, in an Uber, or an airport, and uh, so uh, I was making my way to the airport via Uber, and uh, I got a notification on my phone, and it's the notification of all notifications. I received notification that I had been upgraded to first class. I'm just going to let y'all know right now, you start walking a little different. You've been upgraded to first class. You don't have to stop by and buy $10 uh, Cheez-Its and snacks from the store because when you've been upgraded to first class, you're going to get snacks for free. And uh, you show up early, and uh, you, 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 you've never been so excited to get to your gate. Now, some of y'all are bougie. Uh, the Lord has blessed you. I celebrate you. I honor you. you. You pay for first class. Your boy don't pay for first class. I'm just going to let you know that first class feels a little different when you got upgraded and didn't have to pay for it. And uh, that, that, that view of the sunrise is just, just a little different when you didn't have to pay $750. I'm just testifying to you this morning. And uh, so I'm at the gate. I'm ready. I am proud to be humble. I have been upgraded to first class. And uh, so they call for those in military. I'm waiting. They call for those um, that are that are a part of the, the normal royal program, and I'm waiting, and they're calling for those uh, that need special assistance. Uh, on most days, that's me. And uh, they're calling for those with, with, with children. They're calling for those um, with, with pets. They're calling for short people. They're calling for ugly people. They're calling for everybody but me. And uh, it's okay to laugh. You can, that was a joke. I'm about to be fired before Sunday night even takes place. And uh, so finally, they, they call for those that have been upgraded to first class. I walk on to the plane. I sit down. Everybody in first class always looks so productive and busy. They're all on their laptops. And, uh, and so I sit down. And, you know, I've got to act like this. You know, I, I do this all the time. So, you know, I can't be videoing the whole experience. Can't be FaceTiming mom. You know, i got to act like I'm in first class every weekend. And... Uh, so the stewardess comes out and she says, uh, can I get you anything? I said, let me pray about it. Yes. I'll take some apple juice. And a friend beside me, uh, was, he said, I'll, I'll take some orange juice. And so the stewardess comes out, gives me my apple juice, and I just, I just start sitting on 
sipping on apple juice just as all the peasants are going by, you know, to chair 533. And I'm just living my best life. It's good in the hood. God is great. And I'm just, I'm in first class. And uh, do y'all want to hear the rest of my story? Okay, I, I get insecure when people don't like my story. So y'all are going to hear this. You're going to hear the rest of this story. So I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just living my best life. And uh, my man beside me, drinking his orange juice, decides to spill his orange juice. He's got options. He can spill it in front of him. He can spill it to the right of him. He can spill it on him. Oh, no. None of those options. He spills it on me. Goes all the way down my pants into my socks, underneath my toenails. I know y'all wanted to know that detail. And, and uh, I'm telling you, it's like the Holy Ghost wanted to eject from my spirit. I, I, I I'm just being... I'm just trying to be real with y'all. I had a few Old Testament cuss words. Just I'm trying to trying to keep trying to uh, see. I, y'all already judging me. Already judging me. And uh, I kept them from coming out. And so stewardess came out. She said, "Oh no, I I got you. I got you." She comes back, and she brings out a little towelette. I think that's French for something that doesn't work. I said, "I'm going to need about ten thousand of those." Thank you very much. So she brings out some more. And I, I've got, I'm trying to get all the stickiness off. We haven't even left the airport. We haven't even, we're not even on the runway. It's not even turbulence. And I've got sticky orange juice all down my ankle and foot. And I had brand new shoes. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, if you've got a box of tissues after service, I'll give you extra details. But she said, are you all right? I said, I'm fine. With a fake smile, still just trying to hold on to my Holy Ghost. And uh, she said, you, you don't need anything else? I said, no, no, I'm good. I wasn't even looking at the guy beside me. We were, we were no longer friends. And, uh, and so she turned to him and she said, do you need anything? I'm like, don't even talk to him. And he said, well, I, I do. I looked over. And he said, when you get a chance, I'd like a refill of orange juice. I said, dear God, bring it to him in a sippy cup telling you that's my testimony I done made it through do you know what I look for when I come to the house of God I look for people like him I look for people that have made up in their mind I am in an experience that I would not normally be in and in this experience I can receive something that I would not normally receive and it doesn't matter how many mistakes I have made it doesn't matter who judges me it doesn't matter who mocks me. I will not leave this atmosphere without having ascertained something before I... I just wonder if there's anybody that would have that same type of tenacity and faith and for... I know it's not Sunday night yet, but would it, all, would it be all right if somebody would just receive a renewing in their spirit this morning? Would it be all right if some condemnation would be evicted? If a diagnosis would be reversed, I just need one daddy, one mother, one husband, one wife, one elder, one teenager, one saint of God, one prodigal to make up in their mind. I will receive something this morning. I say, let it be so.
thanks for letting me have story time with you. 2 Kings chapter 5, 2 Kings chapter 5, we'll begin at verse 11. While you're going there, I give such high esteem and honor uh, to your pastor and his family. How many of you thank God for Pastor V and his wife and his daughters? I salute their vision, their leadership, and I'm so grateful uh, that they have allowed me the opportunity to uh, be here in person. Of course, I give honor to Bishop Wilson and his wife. And everybody here has been so kind. We've had such a magnificent uh, weekend with the youth and those that have come from other churches. Uh, your church was a blessing to many others uh, this weekend. And I'm so grateful for the leadership of Brother Austin and Sister Elizabeth. Everybody, again, has just been so hospitable, so kind. And if you don't love me, I already love you. So you're stuck with me. It's a hostage situation. If there's anybody mean among you, I told the staff this morning, don't, don't, you, you've got me fooled, don't blow, don't blow your cover. Everybody has just uh, greeted me and made me feel like family. And uh, like I said, if you don't like me, I already like you. And I'm so grateful that we get to share this space together, and this weekend together. I believe the Lord's going to speak to us. 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 11, if you're there, say amen. If you're cheating and looking on the screen, say amen. If you're just saying amen to say amen, say amen. Oh, you're disappointing me, but I appreciate your honesty. 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 11. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abna and Arpha rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much rather than when he just simply said to you, Wash and be cleansed. So he went down and he dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and he came and he stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all of the earth but in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy, of thy servant. But he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. He urged him to take it, but he refused. And Naaman said, Shall there not then I pray thee, be given to your servant two mules burden of earth. He said, I, I want to give you something the prophet refused. And he said, well, I'm going I'm I'm, I'm, I'm to pull a plot twist. If you're not going to receive something from me, I, I want something from you. I, I want two mules loaded down with earth. So for the next few moments, I just want to teach, preach, talk, scream on this simple subject, deliverance with a side of dirt. Deliverance with a side of dirt. I believe the Lord's going to help us today. I believe He's going to speak to us today. So I wonder just in gratitude, because I believe Thanksgiving is a form of faith. I wonder if we could just thank the Lord for what He's getting ready to do. Can we do that? God, I thank You for every healing. I thank You for Your Word that will not return void. I thank you for your angels that will minister to the heirs of salvation. 
I thank you for the best gifts being in operation today. I thank you for doing what only you can get credit for. Let it be so. Let it be done in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. And if you believe that prayer, I want you to clap your hands just one more time unto the Lord. Would you do it? God bless you and you can be seated. Turn to your neighbor and tell them deliverance with a side of dirt. Turn to your other neighbor, the one you just rejected. Tell them deliverance with a side of dirt. Naaman was a winner. Naaman was a warrior. Naaman was a conqueror. Every single battle that Naaman walked into, he walked out of. Did not matter the bloodshed. It did not matter the spears that were thrown. It did not matter the swords that were drawn. Every single time. Naaman emerged the victor. Naaman did not know about taking L's. He only knew about taking W's because every single skirmish, every single battle, every single war, Naaman always won. I like winning. I like being around people who win. If we are playing chess, checkers, tic-tac-toe, softball, basketball, or whether we're just trying to catch more fish than the other person, I really would like to win. And if you don't like to win, I don't like you. But I have to like you. I, there's always that one person that, that, that you ask them, did, did you catch anything? No, I didn't catch anything, but I caught a good time. Lies, lies, Lies. I didn't win, but I still had a good time. Lies, lies, lies. I love you. I sort of like you. I just don't understand you. I want to win, and I want to be around people who win. And Naaman just kept winning. But it does not matter how many things in life that we win at. We will always encounter a losing battle. And the Bible lets us know that Naaman the conqueror, Naaman the warrior, Naaman the esteemed, Naaman the respected is now Naaman the leper. He has now been diagnosed with an incurable disease. A disease that will slowly eat his body from the inside out. A disease in which he must verbalize and identify to anybody that will even come close to him. His disease is now his identity as long as he cannot hide it. And for a time, I think he can. I think he can wear the armor and I think he can wear the robes. And I, I think he can hide it for a time. Publicly, he's still winning. But privately, he is losing. He is coming home to leprosy. He is coming home to death. Who am I speaking to on a Sunday morning that if everybody were to look at you 
here, you're, you're wearing your Sunday best, but in reality, you might be going through your very worst. Because when you go home, you're going home to a battle that perhaps you are not overcoming and you are not victorious in. So it is that Naaman, like all of us in some season of our life, past, present, or future, is now coming home to a losing battle. But the Bible says there is a little maid in his house. I want to highlight this lady because I want to shake her hand when we all get to heaven. I, I need you to understand the position that she is in. She is a hostage. She is a slave. She has been taken away from her family, from her home. She's been taken away from Chick-fil-A. She is away from everything known and familiar, and yet she still has a testimony. And if she has a testimony, I think we can safely deduce that she still has a relationship with the creator in chief of the universe. Because I don't think you're going to testify about a God that you're mad at. I don't think you're going to testify about a God that you're jaded at. I don't think you're going to testify about a God that you do not have relational value with. But in the middle of this foreign context, a testimony begins to emerge. And she begins to testify about a God that can heal. She begins to testify about the supernatural. She begins to testify about the miraculous. I remember a prolific a writer of the New Testament saying these words, the word of God is not bound. When would Paul speak and write these words while he would be a prisoner himself? Can I just stop and testify to somebody on a Sunday morning? The word of God is not bound. Bound. I may be bound. I, my feelings may be bound. My circumstance and my scenario may be bound. But the Word of God is not bound. And if you can ever get the Word of God in your heart and you can get it on your tongue and you can verbalize the Word, then you will not walk by what appears to be. You will walk by what is appointed to be. And his word is greater than what I see. His word is greater than what I think. His word is greater than what I feel. His word is greater than what I am currently in. So it is she begins to testify. She begins to testify. I, 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 it's, it's amazing that a slave girl is about to teach Naaman about freedom. Somehow she has more joy than him. Somehow she has more solace than him. Somehow she has greater faith than him. He tells everybody what to do and they do it. He has servants and he has commanders that are under him. But leprosy won't listen. There's always going to be something in your life that will not listen to your popularity to your bank account, to your pedigree, to your skill set, to your IQ. There's always going to be a battle that you will not be able to overcome in the flesh by your own ingenuity, leaning on your own understanding and the arm of the flesh. Everything and everyone has listened to Naaman, but 
Leprosy will not. So now Naaman is listening to a slave girl who is an evangelist. She is a missionary. She is a testimony of the goodness and the grace of God. So a message is soon delivered from his king to the king of Israel. We have heard that healing is possible in your land. We have heard that there are answers in your land. We have heard that there is a solution in your land. And I want you to notice the response of royalty. What is this? We can't heal Naaman. This is a setup. They're about to, they're about to kill us. They're about to take us out. This is, they're, they're about to hijack our kingdom. We cannot heal Naaman. And the prophet hears. The prophet says, I want you to send Naaman here. Can I tell you, as it was then, so it is now. Our answer is not in the government. Our answer is not in Washington. Our answer is not in Hollywood. Our answer is not in a, I hope I'm not being controversial, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. Our answer is not in a politician. Our answer is not in a sports star. It's not in a movie actor. We must step into a greater throne room. We must, we've got to march boldly into the throne room of grace. And we've got to petition the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So it is that Naaman makes it with his entourage. They're in their black suits and their black Ray-Bans and their black earbuds. Naaman coming out down all nine. Naaman coming down all nine. Everybody's jumping out of the way, everybody's, no, no, there's no welcome party for Naaman. Last time Naaman came, he killed everybody, and everybody that he didn't kill, he plundered, and he burglarized, and he stole, and he took captive, and nobody, nobody is happy to see Naaman back in the land. Why is Naaman here? Who let Naaman back in? He's on another murdering rampage. This is about to be the end for us. Why is Naaman here? Where's Naaman going? Naaman's going to the prophet's house. Why is Naaman going to the prophet's house? You haven't heard? Naaman has leprosy. Glory to God. What? Naaman has leprosy? Naaman has. You, Naaman's about to die. When do we cue the shout music? Now, y'all, okay, y'all are judging me. Pause. I need you to take off your fake halo. I need you to unplug it, and I need you to put, put it under your pew, go home and burn it. Can I just preach to real people right now? If I hear that the one who has killed my family, taken the rest captive, and brought me misery, has leprosy and is about to die, God is probably answering my prayer because I wouldn't tell you and put it on the Sunday prayer request list, but that's what I've been praying for. And God loves me. And he's, he's a prayer answering God. I'm preaching to humans. I'm preaching to humans. Why on earth is Naaman going to the prophet's house? Because we know what happens at the prophet's house. Healing happens at the prophet's house. Miracles happen. Naaman does not deserve I'm telling you, Naaman does not deserve it. But when did any of us deserve the grace of God? 
When were any of us entitled to the favor and the unmerited love of God? Naaman does not deserve it, and Landon does not deserve it, and you do not deserve it. Naaman's going to Naaman's gonna have a second chance. But you and I have already went past our second chance. Because God is not just the God of a second chance. He's the God of another chance and another chance and another and I, I really haven't met anybody that is still on their second chance. If I could quantify it, I may be on my millionth chance because God kept giving me another chance and another chance when I was prayerless, when I was slipping back into my old ways and my past proclivities. God just kept giving me another chance. You think Naaman is savage, wait until you meet the prophet. Because you're not going to meet the prophet. He doesn't even come out of his house. He sends the rookie prophet out. He sends Junior out. Uh, uh, <laughs> sir, <laughs> Naaman, so uh, happy to meet you. Please don't kill me. I don't want to die. Uh, the prophet, the prophet told, the prophet, prophet, man of God, what, what, did, what, what did you tell me to tell? Oh, yes, got it. Uh, name it, name it. Uh, he said, tell, tell you, go dip in the muddy river Jordan uh, seven times, sir. Yes, sir. Now, if I'm naming, I'm like, take this lightweight out. Take him out. Put the laser on him. Take him out. Who is this guy? So I think Naaman has to go from I'm about to kill you mode to I don't even have time for you mode. This is what Naaman says. Naaman says, I thought, those words are the beginning to many, <laughs> many dilemmas in Landon Gore's life. I thought, I thought the Lord would do this, and I thought the Lord would do that. I thought he would do it this way. I thought he would do it that way. Naaman said, I thought, I thought he would come out, and this is how I thought I would be healed. And Naaman is about to miss his miracle because of a preconceived notion about how God, the maker of every molecule, should work and operate. He said, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord and he would strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Naaman was going back to a past reference. Naaman was, was going back perhaps to, to a heathen pattern. Naaman, Naaman was perhaps thinking back to what a magician had tried to do. Naaman, Naaman was going back to, to something he had seen or heard. And, 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 and he, he's about to realize that his ways are higher than our ways. And he is about to leave. Stay with me. He is about to miss his miracle. What is the command? Just go wash seven times. In the muddy river Jordan, Naaman has been through bloodshed. Naaman has been through some junk. Naaman has been through some stuff. And he's about to miss his miracle because of dirt. Our pride is not logical. Our pride is not logical. 
But Naaman has somebody in his life to provoke him. Naaman has somebody in his life to keep him accountable. Sir, my father, if the prophet would have asked you to do a great thing, you would have done it. Come on, Naaman. If he would have asked you for 10,000 camels, you would have flexed. If he would have asked you for, for stock in Chick-fil-A, Tesla, you would have done it. I always thought when I read this that it, it just was, it, it was too inconvenient. It wasn't. It was too simple. It's not that nobody could go wash in the muddy river Jordan. It's that anybody could go wash in the muddy river Jordan. Too many of us are not missing our miracle because God is asking of us something that is too grand, too big, too seismic. Prophet just simply asked a simple request. And Naaman was about to miss it, but he had somebody in his world, somebody in his sphere, somebody in his orb, somebody in his life to say, you, if the prophet would have asked you to do a great thing, you would have, you would have done it. He just asked you to do something small. He just asked you to do something little. God told his people in the Old Testament, I'm going to give you victory and I'm going to drive out the enemy. But you know how I'm going to do it? Little by little. Here a little. There a little. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. You know what I've learned? It's easier to come on Sunday and binge the presence of God than to maintain a consistent daily diet. Maybe I should say it this way. It's easier to be radical than consistent. It's easier to be extreme than consistent. I believe in passion. I believe in being radical. But what would happen if instead of after a youth weekend, after a revival service, and instead of praying three hours tomorrow but not praying again for three months. You just made up in your mind you were going to pray 30 minutes for the next 365 days. I'm telling you what would happen little by little, little by little, little by little. We don't, there's a whole lot in a little. We don't like to talk about it, but there's, there's a whole lot in a little. We, 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 we want the big. We want the seismic. We, 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 we want God to do big things. We want God to do seismic things. We want God to do unexplainable things. But how many times have we limited the supernatural to the spectacular? How many times have we, 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 we forgotten that God uses that, that still, small voice? I'm convinced that God's voice is not so distant that we can't hear it. It's so close that we miss it. It's that still, small voice. I, I, I'm telling you, there's, there's, there's a lot in a little. Oftentimes, I, 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 I believe in angels. I, I believe in visions. I believe in dreams. I believe God doing things that are unexplainable. I believe it. But how many of us have, 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 have missed what God is about to do because we're waiting to see five angels? We want to have ten dreams, and we want seven prophets to come up to us in the altar and say the same thing. What happened to just being obedient to that still small voice? Well, I, well, I, but I've heard stories about them seeing angels, and I've, and I've, I, they, they, they've seen visions. And one day, I, 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 
I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying. I, I, I said, God, I, I want to see the dramatic. I want to, I want to see the cray-cray stuff. I want to see the mind-blowing stuff. The Lord just began to impress in my spirit. Landon, when, when, when did your parents have to, to raise their voice at you? I said, well, either when I was far away or I wasn't listening. That's why prodigals are getting dreams. That's why Muslims are seeing angels. But it is his good pleasure to be able to whisper and speak to you in a still small voice. Because you can only whisper to the bride. You can only whisper to someone that is in proximity to you. God does not need to resort to yell at you and scream at you. Do not limit God to the dramatic and do not miss that the supernatural can be supernatural. I'm telling you, there's a lot in a little. It was a little coat for Samuel. It was a little honey for Jonathan. It was a little cloud for Gehazi. It was a little cake of oil for the widow. It was a little chamber for the prophet. It was a little lad with fishes and loaves. I don't want to miss what God is doing little by little. And Naaman, can I, can I preach just a few more minutes? Naaman said, I, I, I would have done it if it was great. But he didn't ask me to do There's a generation that wants to do great things for God. We've been promised greater works, greater works, greater works. But nobody wants to do lesser works. Everybody wants to be great, but nobody wants to do the little things that bring you to greatness. I want to salute somebody that's doing something that nobody sees. I want to salute somebody that said, I just felt a quickening that I, I just needed to pray 15 more minutes, and I've been doing it. I, I just felt that little, still, small voice prompt me to tell somebody that God loves them. Do not limit God to great things. If you're not allowing him room to work in little things. Amen. Amen. Naaman, go to the river Jordan and just dip seven times. Okay, I, I, well, I want you to do it. Naaman has everybody do things for him. Why can't he have the servant step down to the river? Because salvation is personal. Because sacrifice is personal. Because holiness is personal. You cannot subcontract sacrifice. You cannot delegate a prayer life. You have got to do it for yourself. You have got to take ownership. And you have got to be obedient to that small, still voice for yourself. Because your babies are watching you. Your spouse is watching you. There's a prodigal watching you. There's elders watching you. I'm watching you. Somebody's watching you. They're watching how you worship or you don't worship. They're watching how you submit or you don't submit. They're watching how you give or don't give. They're watching what you do and they're watching what you do not do. Everybody in here has influence. You are either affecting somebody or infecting somebody. If everybody prayed as much as you prayed this week, would they be a prayer warrior? Or would they be a prayer wimp? <laughs> if everybody was in the word as much as you were this week, would they be thriving or surviving? 
If everybody was reacting to life the way that you were reacting, how would they be reacting? If everyone's life was a perfect pattern of your life, would they be carnal or spiritual? Somebody's watching you, not just in the big things. They're watching you in the little things. They're watching you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Naaman, Naaman cannot delegate it to somebody else. He must step in to the river. He's, he's, he, I told you our pride is not logical. He's, he's walked through blood. He's, he's walked through junk. He's walked through skirmish and battles and war. And now, now he's afraid to dip his big toe into the muddy river Jordan. Goes down ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. He set his neck. Oh, I, can't, I, can't do, I can't do this. I can't name it. You can do it. All of a sudden he... Oh, God, this is gross. I can't do it. Somebody give a slow, awkward clap for Naaman. Awkward, slow. You got it. Yay, Naaman. But you've got six more times. We're going to do this all seven times. He goes down for the second time. He goes down for the third time. He goes down for the fourth time. I did it. I did it. I've done it four times. This is where we get seduced, and this is where we settle. Because we begin to compare. I've now done it more times than I haven't. And I've now done it more than him, and I've done it more than her. Five, six times. And this is where North American Christianity is plopped. As long as I've done more than you, and as long as I've done more than them, and as long as I can compare myself with somebody else, I can validate my lack of obedience. But anything less than complete obedience does not lead to full transformation. The Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. So we have a decision. We can either, we can either lower the word of God down to our experience, down to our preference, down to our dogma, down to our traditions, down to what we used to believe, down to what granny used to believe, down to what our church used to believe, down to what our priest says. We can bring the word of God down to our experience. Or we can rise in the newness of life and we can lift our experience to the word of God. There is a reason that it says his ways are higher than our ways. Because when we come into alignment with the word of God, we ascend. The Bible says that when he went down for the seventh time, musicians, please come. Bible says he emerges. I, I see mud on his face. I see mud in his ears. I see mud in his eyes. He comes up out of the water and he can't see it. But the servant can see what Naaman can't see. Oh God, oh my God, oh my God. Naaman! 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 My boy! Naaman! Open your eyes! I can't. Get, give me the Gatorade towel. I, I, got, I got mud in my eyes. Naaman, open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Naaman, he doesn't realize. 
leprosy. Leprosy had taken his, uh, his big toe. And leprosy had taken a piece of his ear. And leprosy had taken a part of his knee. And leprosy was eating him alive. When he came out of the river, he was not just reformed. He was transformed because the Bible says his skin was as the skin of a little child. I don't know what that means for you, but what that means for me is on the other side of obedience. There is a new beginning. There is a... I don't care the alcohol addiction. I don't care the pornography addiction. I don't care the homosexuality. I don't care if your brain has been warped. On the other side of obedience, it's a new beginning. Somebody stand to your feet and somebody just clap your hands. If you can remember when God washed you and when God cleansed you and when God gave you a new beginning. Name of it. Name of it. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Name it. Trust me. Just open your eyes. Old things are passed away. Behold. 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 Look. Open your eyes. Pay attention. All things have become new. <laughs> Amen comes out of the waters of obedience. He's got everything back. He's got everything back. Now he's running back to the prophet. He says, I want to give you something. You, you got Apple Pay, you got PayPal, you got Venmo. What you got? I got to give you something. But you can't pay for something that's priceless. I said, you can't pay for something that's priceless. The prophet said, I, I'm not going to receive anything from you. In this moment, I said, well, then I, I need something from you. I just need two mules loaded down with dirt. You mean the dirt that you were afraid to touch? You mean the, the dirt that you were afraid to step into? You mean the dirt that almost caused you to miss your transformation and your miracle? Now I know. Now I know there's no God. And all the slave girl was right. That missionary girl, that evangelist girl, she was right. What they told me at the Bible study was right. What they told me at the P7 was right. What they told me before I ever walked into the sanctuary was right. There was a slave girl that had more faith than the king. There was a king that didn't know what to do. Leprosy wouldn't listen to me. But there was a slave girl that had a testimony. And I'd rather have the dirt of Israel than the royalty in the palace of my homeland. I can't stay in this moment. I I'm going to move on from this moment. But I need a piece of this moment to move on with me. miracle is not complete until it makes its way home. I never forget 
I was in a service in Vienna, Austria. A man came up to me. His name was Arash. He said, I want you to pray for me. I prayed one of the, the stupidest prayers I've ever prayed. I, I'm sorry. Well, this is on live stream. We're not supposed to say stupid in our house. Please censor that in case my mother's watching. Oh, uh, I prayed one of the most ignorant, unwise, silly prayers I've ever prayed. I said, Lord, I pray you, you touch Arash. I pray that you bless him. In Jesus' name, amen. But when you have leprosy, you, you need more than a job promotion. When you have leprosy, you, you need more than just a shout. You need more than just a Sunday service with a few cute songs and a nice spiritual TED Talk. If you're going home to a losing battle, you need complete transformation. They began to tell me about Arash. Arash was Muslim. He had moved from Afghanistan. He'd been suicidal. He was losing all hope. But he had heard about our God. I found him the next service, the next night. I said, Arash, is all this true? He said, yes. I said, you need the Holy Ghost. He said, I want it. He lifted up his hands. I laid my hand on him. And Arash began to speak in tongues as God poured out his spirit on him. He was baptized in the name of Jesus. A little while later, his little daughter, Arnush, was baptized in the name of Jesus. She went out down into the water. In that matchless name, she came up. She lifted up her hands. She knew Arabic. She knew Swiss German. She knew English. But as Arash intently listened, she was not speaking any of those languages. And then it resonated that the same God that had filled him was now filling his little daughter, Arnoush. Because on the other side of obedience, cycles are broken. Fear is broken. Curses are broken. I'll never forget Aaron, one of his first words after receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost after speaking in tongues. He looked around and he said, he said, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel 45 anymore. He said, I don't, I don't feel 45 anymore. He said, I, I feel like I'm one years old. I hope you haven't forgot that first moment when God gave you a new beginning. But if you forgot that first moment, what about the last moment? What about this week? What about today? When God has brought you new beginning after new beginning. He went back home. He went back home. He went back home. Naaman is about to go back home. He's not going to stay in Israel. But he's going to take a piece of Israel with him. I, 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 maybe this is where my imagination goes too far, but I, I wonder if as he's making his way back home, I wonder if every single time the mules step over a rock, a little bit of dirt falls. I wonder if every time they get a drink, a little bit of dirt falls. I, I wonder, I just wonder if there's just a trail of dirt behind Naaman. If not literally, then I know figuratively 
Naaman was leaving a trail for somebody else. Naaman was going to go back home. And he was going to say, let me tell you about my trip. Let me tell you about my journey, Israel. I'm telling you right now, somebody's watching you. You don't even realize, but when you walk to the altar, you're leaving a trail for somebody else. When you cut out that secret sin, you're, you're leaving a trail for somebody else. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a son of a, of a father that was raised in the world. His home life was hell on earth. I'm a son of a mother that was raised in church. Her life was not perfect, but there was many moments where it was heaven on earth. They came together and they made a decision. We did not choose the home that we were born into, but we can choose the home that we build. I did not receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in a sanctuary. I did not receive the gift of the Holy Ghost at a youth rally. I did not receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in a church service. And I thank God for all those. But I received the gift of the Holy Ghost in my house, in my bedroom, because I had a mother and a father that said, we're going to take this home with us. It's deliverance with a side of dirt. Everything in this house has to make its way back to your house. That's what makes us different than normal secular Christianity. Because what happens in this house is not just entertainment, it's transformation. What happens in this house does not just happen in four walls, in a space of an hour. We don't just come to a service where God moves in this moment. We come to a shifting where God moves from this moment telling you right now I'm done but something's in this house and I'm not just preaching for something to happen in this house I'm preaching for something to follow you and go with you to your house with every hand lifted right now I'm done but I would invite you right now to lift up your hands to open up your heart would you open up your mouth right now and would you just talk to Jesus? And as your mouth is moving, I wonder if you would move your feet. And I wonder if your feet would take you from the aisle to the altar. I wonder if your feet and your faith would move you from the pew to the front. I, I, it's just, I, I, God's asking some of you to do some simple things. God's asking some of you to do some little things. Don't miss it. Woo, I feel it in this house right now. Come on, I'm preaching to a veteran believer. I'm preaching to a prodigal. I'm preaching to somebody watching online. I'm, I'm preaching to somebody that's been here 53 years. I'm, I'm preaching to somebody that's been here five weeks. Come on, God's asking more of you. It's not too great. Don't miss it. Don't let your pride miss it because it's that still small voice. Say yes. Don't settle for the fifth time at the Muddy River Jordan. Don't settle for the sixth time. Whatever that still small voice is asking you, whatever the word of the Lord is asking you, Naaman, you're leaving a trail for somebody else. There's a new beginning for you. Come on, we're going to leave and go back home. We're going to come back here tonight. But somebody needs to make a cognizant decision right now. Come on, somebody needs to let transformation wash over you. Somebody needs to walk in obedience. You need to walk in discipline. You need to walk in an ironclad determination.
to align yourself with the Word of God that is higher than your ways, than your opinions, than your thoughts, than your preferences.
lift our hands all over this place and let's respond to the presence of the Lord that's here right now. Amen. Reach over and pray for somebody close to you while you're praying right now. The, the hand of God is here to encourage and help and touch somebody today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's right. Go ahead and pray one for another. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's keep on praying one for another. The Lord's touching some people right now. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. What a wonderful word from God we've heard today. just close your eyes here. I feel the presence of the Lord dealing with hearts. I would dare say there's some folks here that you see a whole lot of obstacles between you and God, between you and your breakthrough. You can list all the reasons, all the people, all the things, all the events, all the failures, all the reasons why you're distant. man of God preached today. It's not the big things, it's the little things that make the difference. And most of us, just a, a couple of little decisions can radically transform the rest of our lives. Here's what the New Testament said. Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. In other words, take one step towards God and God will make up all the rest of the difference to come your direction. All with one little decision, one little step. Oh, yeah. So you don't have a thousand things between you and God. You got just one or two steps. Amen. Lift your hands. Somebody needs to be baptized in Jesus' name today. Somebody needs to make that decision to go ahead and just be baptized in Jesus' name. Somebody just needs to make the decision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change. You know what God's dealing with you about. Just go, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give that to God. Lord, I thank you for the word and I thank you for your presence. That's right, let's, let's entertain. The Holy Ghost is working here right now. God, I thank you, Lord, for what we've heard and what we feel right now. Thank you, God, because you be not far from any one of us. Your word said that though we feel far away from you, that you're not far from us. And so, God, I pray, Lord, to have your way here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Deliverance is just within an arm's reach right now for somebody. A radical transformation in your life is right here, right now. Lord, in Jesus' name, thank you, God, because your presence is here. Thank you, God, because your word 
has opened up the door of opportunity for somebody to leave radically changed in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Aren't you thankful for what he's doing? Amen. If you would like to be baptized, if you would like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we have clothes, we have towels, of everything you need. We have plenty of preachers willing to do it. Just grab somebody and say, hey, I think I'm ready to be baptized in Jesus' name, and they'll be glad to help you. If you are a guest, if you are a guest, we're so thankful that you are at Bethlehem. Can you welcome our guests one more time? Amen. Thank you for being here. We would love for you to meet us in what we call the discipleship room for meet and greet. You go by the restrooms through in, the, in the, the big room. You can't miss it. Amen. Be back tonight, 4.30, ministry class, 5 o'clock, be free, 6 o'clock, prayer, and 6.30, church. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. And you can be dismissed in Jesus' name.